this is Josh Hawks. This podcast is part of the Points of Interest Podcast Network. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. This is Ryan Stegman, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. This is your number one station, your official station. Uh-uh, you know, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 85, part 4, the final installment of our Doctor Who 50th anniversary celebrations. Please excuse me while I flick my beck. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. It's like a lovely aroma of Gallifreyan wine. <laughs> Welcome back to the program, kids. Welcome back, these guests. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Sorry. Oh, the cush is being a wee bit rough on my tonsils tonight, kids. Uh, from part one of our Doctor Who celebrations, returning to the show, the 303 Bank Raba. It's the at Bank Raba 303. It's Adam Hawks. Hello, Adam. Hello. Thank you again. And also joining us from part two of our Doctor Who celebrations, Francis, the other guy, Fernandez. Hello, Francis. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, I do apologize, kids. Uh, we were going to be joined by a member of the Doctor Who Society of Canada, but I'm afraid the lucky individual who was to join us was uh, actually attending a wedding in the UK. So very happy for them that they got to get over there for 
the actual happening of the celebrations, which is super cool. Just a little unfortunate for us that the timing didn't work out, but uh, we hope to have her back for the Christmas celebration because, you know, we'll definitely be chatting it up about the Christmas special, uh, our poor 11th Doctor's last outing as the Doctor. But for now, let's just uh, revel and roll around in the gloriousness the geniusnessness <laughs> that was the day of the doctor. Uh, I am still today is is Tuesday. It's yes. it's been three days that we've had to let it sink in, mm-hmm. and uh, my brain is still reeling. Yeah. Oh, I mean, definitely. I uh, I watched it on Saturday, and then I saw the uh, 3D uh, viewing over here in theaters yesterday, last night. So Both I saw you lucky bastards went and did that, didn't you? Yeah, I got to go last night, too, with the family. Oh, very cool. That's just fucking, yeah. I couldn't pull <laughs> that together. Uh, but uh, I'm, how was the 3D? Was Did it change much? Did it change the, the movie much? Um, I don't know. It, the, uh, the battle scenes were really cool. I mean, it didn't really change anything for the story, but being able to see the paintings... Um, kind of how they intended them to be seen in the show that I thought that was really cool. Yeah. They had some kind of cheesy, I wouldn't say cheesy. I mean, things were flying at the screen at certain points of the film, which I thought was, you know, nice touch, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if necessarily added anything, but it definitely didn't take anything away. So, well, I was a little, I was a little afraid that, uh, it would, uh, kind of take away from it. Like, cause you know how, when you're watching 3d specifically made for 3d, it often you notice those points that are made for 3D, like mm-hmm. something flying at the screen or whatever you may have. I was worried that might take me out of it a little, but luckily I didn't even notice. Yeah, I, I didn't think it really did all too much. I mean, some of the first scenes um, that you see when uh, John Hurt's kind of shooting at that wall, when he's shooting no more up against that wall, and everything is kind of flying back at you, and it seemed like... Just that was just a bit distracting, but I mean, for the most part, everything else it it blended real well. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, spoilers abound, kids. Um, no. It's probably kind <laughs> yeah, of sorry. obvious, but just <laughs> no. I know. It just occurred to me that I don't know why it would happen, but if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the Day of the Doctor, that's just kind of you're in a ridiculous state right now. You need to turn this podcast off. You need to go load up a bowl, and you need to watch The Day of the Doctor, and then get back to us. Okay? Okay. English, motherfucker! Do you speak it? <laughs> um, from the very first scene, when it... Of course, okay, first of all, how thrilled were you when it began with the 60s opening? Oh, that was great. I thought that was really awesome. I didn't really know where it was coming from at first, and then they kind of explained it. We got some, you know, seeing it in the theaters, they gave us some bonus content, so they gave us some context to what was going on with the with the film. Oh, wait, um, okay, I'm talking the actual opening credits, you know, how yeah. they did the black and white, so what... what oh, you... that part. Oh, I thought you yeah. meant, because, yeah, because there's, right after the credits, there's an intro, it apparently starts the very same way the very first... Doctor Who started. Yes, so that this is episode, yeah. these were my two most two of my most thrilling moments where it was so it so sucked me in right off the bat because a they started off with the Doctor Who 60s black and white opening and with the original theme song and all that and right away you're giggling 
right away you're giggling and you're like, <laughs> this, is, this is super cool. This is super fun. And then you're right. The very first shot of the very first, you know, tracking shot down was the very first shot of the very first episode of Doctor Who. And I noticed that right away as it came down and you saw the sign for Trotter's Lane, I was just like, oh, how are they? How do they so have me already? And it's been like a minute. <laughs> yeah, there there was a whole thing on uh, online uh, since uh, uh, since Saturday. They were talking about there, there's at last count 35 similarities uh, between the earlier episodes and then the 50th anniversary. So, you know, it started with the original introduction, the black and white introduction, went to the school. And I think like the headmaster was uh, Ian Chesterworth. I, I think that was his name, but that was like one of the original companions. Yeah. He was the original companion. He yeah. was one of the teachers. Well, that's what right away when it panned down and I saw that the Trotters lane sign, I was like, amazing. Then they go past the sign for the school and I, it was too hard to see, but I saw those 35 Easter eggs you're talking about. Yeah. And if yeah. they zoomed in on the sign, it said, yeah, headmaster, and which basically means he's still there. Right, and, uh, right. Which, which was uber cool. And then you see Clara teaching in the classroom that the whole thing started in. Right. And I was like, this is just it's too beautiful already. <laughs> yeah, they went all out for it. I mean, I mean to just do, you know, in the first minute or two to do that many odes almost to the original series, I thought was I thought that was one of the really cool things about the episode. I I I thought it was weird also that it seemed for the first time to break the fourth wall. Like Doctor Who had a Deadpool Deadpool moment. Um, when? When Clara pulls her motorcycle into the TARDIS and he's reading that book. Oh. He looks up at us. Um, I don't know if I noticed that, actually. I thought he was looking off a little to the side, but maybe you take a good look. He, for a brief glimpse, he looks up and he looks at us and he kind (laughs) of smiles and then he kind of looks away. And I was like, holy shit! (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe they just did that. So, I I, fucking, yeah. So right off the bat, just just brilliant. I mean, not even into the story yet. And they've already given us so much. (laughs) Like, uh, uh, I I don't know how Moffat does it. I'm trying to focus my thoughts here. Here's the thing about it is that there was so much. I mean, right, like you're, like we're saying, 35 Easter eggs right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. It, that's that's a, that's a hell of a lot of shit to have to deal with, right? So, okay, let's uh, let's go into the story then. So, uh, overall, I really did believe it was one of the greatest episodes of science fiction on television I've ever seen. Like, take yeah. away, take away yeah. all the fun and retro timey stuff, and all the throwbacks and all the Easter eggs. Just the quality of the story was just as good as anything I've ever seen on TV. Like, captivating, no? Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, it was it, it was a lot of fun to watch. I I don't know if I'd put it in... The thing is, it, was, it had to walk a weird kind of line between just being a, another episode and being a 50th anniversary thing. So, I mean, it... it, it almost threw me off that you, you know you're, you're watching the show you're watching this episode and you know it's supposed to be really big and maybe i just put my expectations really really up there for a 50th anniversary but i 
I almost kind of expected a little bit more. Really? Yeah, I don't know what specifically. I, I think uh, I just wanted to see, I guess, you know, just, just for myself, I just wanted to see more of the other doctors and more of, I guess, um, uh, a blatant, as opposed to the, 30, the 35 Easter eggs, just kind of a more blatant saying, well, here's a little touch from the past. Here's a little bit of this, that, and the other thing from the past that we can just kind of show the the new audiences, get them interested in the, in previous episodes and previous Doctors and just kind of push that and give homage to that instead of kind of what they do at the end, which is they get to show everybody at the very end. But I don't know. I, to me, I kind of wanted that. Not not to knock the episode. It was a good. It was a good episode. It was fun to watch in theaters, but at the same time, I almost kind of expected a little more. I don't know why. Well, I thought that that's kind of where I thought the brilliance of it lied was how well they walked that line. Um, mm-hmm. I, I see, kind of see what you're saying that you could address. You know, it, it, it it's a difficult thing. I mean, I think for yeah. the amount of time they had, they got most of the doctor stuff in there pretty good but i really 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 admired the way that it helped me when i saw a bit of the conversations that people have had after it with moffat and stuff to understand it a little better but i thought it was really brilliant how they focused on john hurt having to meet these two future incarnations of himself who are younger you know how we've always talked a lot about why certain doctors come out older and younger and they've never really had a reason or rhyme for that? They've kind of set a new precedence here where I heard him explain it as he went through so much trauma as the as, you know, the war doctor and stuff, and then he was, you know, still kind of fucked up when he was the ninth doctor. The tenth and eleventh really came out kind of childlike, trying to escape the whole thing, like the one who regrets and the one who forgets. And they have such a boyish, childlike manner to them mm-hmm. that that's them trying to kind of deal with something they don't understand, like they've been through a trauma, right? And now that they've solved this trauma and, you know, have kind of, you know, found some closure in their lives, that's the reason we're going to have a more older, mature, uh, an older, more mature Peter Capaldi. Well, did you guys see The Night of the Doctor, the, the prequel? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, in that, they kind of explained that regeneration is random and that only through their technology are they able to kind of make it more specific. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, to me, I thought that was still random, but maybe you're right. I mean, I, I didn't starting, look at it that I way. Th- I think this is why they're doing this. Like when I heard Moffat explain it in a certain way, it seemed like they're trying to give more like it has been random. Mm-hmm. But as the show's progressing, they really need to start evolving certain things. Do you know what I mean? Like just bringing in those witches to be able to control it a bit. You know what I mean? And control the the regeneration process is it, it's it's a pretty obvious device for being able to make things go the way you want. But I don't know. I just I just uh, the whole. The whole second chance thing of 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 all of all the pain that we've watched the doctor go through the past you know seasons since the revival, just it to to have it you know accumulate to this moment of I don't know it was so emotional <laughs> for me it was just I don't know it was just up and down with the emotions like it's so hard to laugh at shit while you're sobbing at the same time and they make it happen you know so 
I maybe I'm a I don't know I I, I think I may be just extra excited about it a little you know, I mean you know how I get about shit right <laughs> I think this one <laughs> oh, so I, I thought this one really did a good job of building up to those emotions it wasn't yeah. just we're just gonna hit you you know right off the bat I mean there was you know kind of like what you were saying earlier you know you have these two younger doctors and it, you know they kind of represent I always looked at it and say like you know ten and eleven or, 10 and 11 were always kind of like just real childish, but they were re- reborn from everything that nine had, you know, they were just, you know, wet behind the ears. They, they were more adventurous and everything. And going through all of that episode where they're growing up so much because the warrior doctor's there. Yeah, just if, as he, if he grows, there, they can't help but grow, right? Yeah. Yeah. If he weren't there, I don't think they would have had that great moment where they're all in that farm or wherever that was when they're they're all about to press that button. I mean, I think Hurt really made them grow up so much in that episode to realize, hey, man, this decision that we made, now we have to remember why we made that decision. Yeah, the the point is, the one the I don't get where the point kind of breaks though because the first time that the war doctor pressed the button and ended the war, did the box not give him the same choice then? Did he go through this all before with the two doctors but decide yeah. not to do it? Yeah, like if if you remember after everything is done and they're looking at the painting and they're all sitting around drinking tea when they're when when uh, the warrior doctor and then the tenth when they're leaving, they both say like we're not we're not going to remember this, you know. And in, in my head, I'm not going to know that I saved him. I'm always going to think that I killed him. Yeah, yeah. So technically, it happened the first time around. It's always been that yeah. way. They just didn't yeah. know it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. They they never destroyed the planet. It's, it was always saved. They just, they just never realized oh, what they did. Oh, totally. I'm with you now. That's okay. I totally get it now. All right. I, I love. I did love that they they let the 11th make change his mind. It was yeah, Matt Smith yeah. who changed his mind, and I thought that was very very appropriate. You know, they really they really didn't bo- They really gave him some nice moments because he's the current doctor. Oh yeah. Yeah. Know? He he didn't get like too like. He didn't overshadow the others, but he didn't get overshadowed himself. But the moments they did give him, moments like that, were just such pivotal moments that he really made some important decisions, you know? Right. And then when they're in the prison, it really got me in the when they're in the prison there and when he's like scratching on the wall and David Tennant's kind of freaking out. They were so both being their own doctors at that moment. Oh yeah. That oh, yeah. I oh I loved that, you know, and Matt just, you know, didn't even want to talk about it, you know, and it was <laughs> oh so 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 them, you know. Though it makes me wonder, I mean, because they wanted to get the ninth doctor in on it originally. I don't think it could have worked. I don't think the episode could have worked with the ninth. Uh, it would attachment. not have been the same episode at all. Definitely mm-hmm. not. And I, I'm kinda glad he didn't. Yeah, I, because it would have added a way different dynamic for sure. Yeah. Definitely for sure. Yeah, they wouldn't have fit. You know, there he wasn't a he wasn't really boyish. You know, no. <laughs> I mean, right. he had he had some of his. I guess he had like hints of how kind of insane he was. I mean, I didn't say it, but just you know, he he would burst out in in short spurts of childishness every once in a while uh, during his run but uh, not to the extent of 
Tennant and uh, Smith. So yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been quite the exact fit. He probably would have wrote it a complete. Who knows if he ever even did. You know, I think they always probably wanted to include him, but I bet you never is like a major part of the story. You know, yeah. So, because when when he when at the end there when they bring all the doctors together and you hear him say, "Now for my next trick," that's not like newly recorded audio, right? That's no, just, no. They almost made a point to keep him out because well, yeah, fuck yeah. him. You know, like it would have been so easy. It would have been so easy to regenerate into him. And a lot of people are like, you can see it in his eye. It kind of starts to turn into him. I'm kind of like, good, fuck him. Like, right, you don't right. want to be part of it, then don't be part of it. And we're not going to put you in part of it. And that'll show forever. You know what I mean? We're not going to go so far as to make a fucking wax dummy and put it in there because we're fucking desperate. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. So I'm really kind of glad the way that actually was, you know, they had a nice recent enough clip of him to put in there. And uh, how did you guys feel about seeing the eyes of Capaldi? That was that was cool. I like that. I thought that was a lot of fun just to, for a brief second just to see those, uh, the intensity in his eyes, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. And it made it really cool, too. I mean, we all know he's going to be in it. It's made it much more special i think to you know include him in in it even if it was just for two seconds and you see his eyebrows absolutely i heard they were intense he's got (laughs) intense fucking eyes man i think it's gonna be wonderful i heard today for the first time a rumor that his run might not like not i heard that his run might not be long at all really why um, they got a plan, I think. Mm. Well, there is, a, there's the other rumor that's, they're saying, um, that, uh, he's out of regenerations. The doctor, this is essentially his final one that is still being bantered and bantered about the internet saying, well, this is it. He's the final, uh, final doctor. You can tell because when they got every single doctor to, to uh, do what they needed to do with Gallifrey, they only had the thirteen. Technically, the 13th shouldn't have been there in the first place. Or the 12th, whatever you want to call him. Well, if there's <laughs> you, a crazy enough time vortex, he can come from the future. Like, why yeah, were but, the other ones there? How the fuck did ah, they get in touch? Like, you know? But the question is, why did it stop with him? If he has more regenerations after that guy, why didn't they get more? That's, you know, so there's things like that, Ronan, you know, these kind of theories running around there. Well, it's easy enough now that, uh, well, here's a theory that I came up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor finds Gallifrey. Gallifrey loves him again because he saved Gallifrey. Mm-hmm. And he's granted a new cycle. Yeah. Yeah, that's it another. I've heard that. easy as that. All he's got to do is find Gallifrey. And Gallifrey's all like, fucking right, Doctor. You saved the day, motherfucker. He's like 13 more lives, motherfucker. I, I actually heard that they did that previ- in a previous run. They gave one of his companions or somebody extra lives. So yeah, it was the master. Was Was it the master? The master made a deal for, he helped to save Gallifrey once in, and he was given a a whole new fucking cycle. And then he used up that cycle and then they had to do the movie and everything or something. So yeah, they can grant new cycles, new entire cycles to, uh, so it's not a hard, basically it's not a hard problem to fix. I'm telling you, I'm still a fan of that theory that, you know, he got one from River. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I like that. 
Yeah, yeah I've I've always really liked that. I've always thought that that was something that it, it you know it, you, you see it happen and when you first see it happen. I, I don't think people kind of realize the importance of it or what it could be. I mean, they can just completely ignore that entire theory, but I, I always thought that was something kind of important to to look into. I think it's. I just don't think it's enough. I think since they want to, there really are. They're going to look towards the next fifty years, right? right? Yeah. So I think they're. I think that's too much of a quick fix. If he only gets one extra regeneration, I think if they're going to bother doing that story, they're going to be like, okay, let's set this so we don't have to worry about it for another fifty fucking years. <laughs> And then in five other decades, the space people can be like, oh, wait, he's out of generations again. What do we do? <laughs> you know, so, you know, that kind of uh, suits a, a question. I, I sent out there in the Twitterverse there, I asked if anybody had any questions or comments about the good doctor. And I received one here from uh, Dr. New, at New Mutant on, uh, on the Twitter. And New Mutants asks, are you bothered by the new numbering of the Doctor? Also, can the Jedi Ross do more accents off the cuff? I'll do them off the cuff, which means I won't do one right now because it's completely not off the cuff. Yeah, you set it up now. Yeah, now, now I'm feeling the pressure. But uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not, I, I'm kind of bothered by it because, well, I'm not bothered by it if they address it. But it is true that numbered wise because they they told him they said you've earned it now you're the doctor right they right. told john hurt they're like you count and except that when at the end there when all the doctors came together around gallifrey the gallifreyan said uh what did they say did they say all 12 or all 13 they first oh. say all 12 of them no there's 13 yeah yeah that's right so they yeah. say but but that makes 14 doesn't it no, no. Twelve was up until. Oh yeah, well, he's including when they... hurt. So they officially, at that moment, they include him in the lineup, right? Yep. Yeah. So I'm not bothered by it because I think it's at the perfect moment where what I'm saying is I think really going to happen. He's going to get in touch with the Time Lords again, and something will happen. He'll get a new cycle. So I'm not too bothered by it because I think I think they'll. It's a rather easy fix that they'll probably do even better than I think they'll do. You know. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and it also, uh, it also just continues on with that theory that he only has so many regenerations till he can't regenerate anymore, and adds that extra precedence for the next series, I guess. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Does it bother you, Adam? No, it, like you said, it, it can. It's probably going to be something easy. You know, if it's, you know, getting a new cycle from, you know, the the big guys in Gallifrey or whatever it's going to come down to. But, you know, when, when that, that mini came out with, with John Hurt, I was like, uh, or when it was, I'm sorry, Paul McCann. And then he regenerated into the warrior. Like when that came out, I was a little bit bothered by it, but after seeing the 50th over the weekend, I'm not too concerned about it. Well, you kind of knew it had to happen, right? Like you had to yeah. come from somewhere. So, and it, 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 they do a really good job of leading up to it too. I mean, once you know, once they save Gallifrey, once they're all kind of sitting around their Tardises drinking tea, and they tell <laughs> them, like you said, like you know, you're you're the doctor now. You know, you can walk. You know, head up. You can be a doctor. At yeah. that point, you're like, all right, yeah, he's now he's the doctor. Now we're going for the thirteenth now. 
Now they said that they w- once they left, they wouldn't remember it, right? Right. Right. Now he seems to not really forget right away when he leaves and starts to regenerate. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you probably hold it for a little while. <laughs> probably some residual, <laughs> yeah, there's probably there's a residual memory somewhere. Uh, I love though that his quote was uh, a requote of the first Doctor's regeneration. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He uh, when he says uh, wearing a bit thin, that's the first thing that that's the last thing that the first Doctor said. This body's wearing a bit thin. Oh wow! And okay. I thought that was beautiful. I thought that was. The lines they chose to use again, um, which actually brings me around. Let's talk for a minute about an adventure in space and time. You guys saw that, yeah? I haven't oh, yeah. seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet, no, Francis? I seen it yet. Oh my no. goodness, Francis! It is so good. Oh, <laughs> I will get to it. I will get to it soon. I promise. It's okay, just... I'm sorry, but I have to spoil just one part for you. Go for um, it. It won't spoil the whole thing because that shit happened mm. already. Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That happened for realsies already. Um, there's a moment when William Hartnell at the end, uh, it's when he's talking to his wife and he's in his house and he's kind of leaning over the oh, mantel place, uh, his fireplace, part. right? Uh, and uh, it's when he knows that he has to leave. They've told him, you're sick, you got to go. And he's sad and he doesn't want to go. And he starts crying over the fireplace and they, he uses the tenant line. And he says, but I don't want to go. And it's like, oh, I'm going to cry right now. Well, <laughs> it, was, it was almost worse hearing him say it. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was. I think oh. it was worse. And just it had the way he said it and that it was like so real to him. And then just the addedness of that you knew that was the tenant line was it was fucking <laughs> gut wrench. It was heartbreaking, yeah. heartbreaking, the most heartbreaking <laughs> moment in that whole excellent, wonderful recreation uh, they everything about that thing was done wonderfully. I thought it was great. Oh, good. Now I can steal myself for when it happens. I'm like, ah, it's not gonna phase me. Um, <laughs> so, and no, oh, no, shit, it's gonna phase yeah, you. Yeah, this shit is totally gonna phase you. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, and there's another thing I won't spoil, but uh, how sweet was that moment at the end there, Adam? Oh man, that see the special, the, the special treat. Those two parts, the, you yeah. know, the mantle, and then what you're talking about yeah the special treat i i was i was pissed when i was watching i'm like this is bullshit i'm sick of like getting choked up watching this <laughs> kind of crap i look over at my wife and she's she's in tears again i'm like oh my god yeah i was not expecting that and then when it happened i, I thought it was um i thought that was nicely done i thought that was a great little thing that they did yeah, yeah. yeah bravo to that entire production from the acting to everything to do with it was so so well done it was it was just one of the one of the better like biopics i've seen of something you know what i mean oh and, yeah and uh brian cox as toronto's sydney newman by the way uh, that pretty much clarified Doctor Who was created by a Canadian, thanks. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Canada. Yes, you right. are all very, very, very welcome. Appreciate it. We have given you the good fine doctor. But, um, yeah, and uh, you know what was really creepy? At the end, when they were showing the actors in the credits, they had a picture of them beside the picture of the person they were playing. Mm-hmm. You saw that, Adam? 
Yeah, yeah. Did you notice the uh, Hussein, the Indian director? Yes. It was like it was a picture of the same dude. Yeah. It yeah. was it was eerie. It was well, fucking eerie. Even the dude that played Hartnell. But I, still, you know what I mean? You, you you see the difference. This guy was like literally played his creepy, weird twin brother from another yeah. time. <laughs> like it was so timey-wimey. I think they actually took the TARDIS back and got the guy and was like, come back and play yourself. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, it's creepy. But yeah, the, the Hartnell, the performances, even uh, the girl who played uh, Susan oh, was yeah. perfectly like airy, like and creepy and weird enough. Like, you know how she was a weird performance? Like there was something yeah. odd about that girl. Uh, she pulled that off really well. Yeah. <laughs> and the relationship, the way that they, uh, they kind of showed the relationship between her and Hartnell. Yeah. It, it, was, it was, it was more than just like, you know, on screen, it was, you know, grandfather or granddaughter. And they yeah. obviously had to play off of that, but it the was, way they kind of showed it in real life too, how, you know, protective, of her he was and everything i thought was really cool he became so sweet like it was such a fine performance fine performance to go from like this crotchety old fucking guy who's like sick of everything to just given this new beautiful life through doctor who that just changes the guy and yeah. it's a beautiful beautiful process and yeah check it out people if you haven't seen an adventure in space and time a beautiful beautiful fucking movie and uh it was the perfect setup for going into to the fiftieth too. So that's one thing I kind of didn't understand is where'd all the doctors come from? What do you mean oh. at the end? Yeah, at the end when they're all flying around Gallifrey to freeze it in a picture. Does someone put out an SOS through time or like what happens there? Well, they kind of explained it like he had to go back to you know the uh, I don't know that bald guy the the Gallifreyan bald guy is like oh it take years to calculate properly how to do whatever you're about to do. And he's like, well, I started a long time ago. So he must have went back to the, his first incarnation, told yeah. him, this is what we got to do. And from there, they knew from number one till 12 or 13. That at this moment, they all had to meet up. Mm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. also said, too, that they, had, like when they all went into that little farm place, when they were all going to, you know, detonate the bomb, that, you know, that that moment in time was time locked, but there was an obvious tear in the fabric of time that allowed all of them to be together without any any paradoxes or repercussions. Fuck. That, I, I, that's how I thought about it too. Because I'm like, that's impossible, and they they all can't be around. But then, like once he explained that, the scene it again last night, I was like, oh, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I have to watch it a second time. My my girl watched it. She had the day off work today, and Aaron watched it. And uh, I got home, and I was like, well, well. She's like, yeah, it was good. And I was like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> what do you mean? You didn't cry me and, like, call me crying in tears. How did that happen? But uh, you know what she said? She's. I asked her what she thought. She said, I'm glad the children didn't have to die. I thought that was sweet. But, yeah, because yeah, they, uh -huh. they very quickly um, – they very quickly made you feel very identif like very tight with the Gallifreyans. Like they were going through some shit. Like here's a whole bunch of kids running around in war. Feel this for a sec. And you're like, right. oh my God. <laughs> you know? And then the doctor shows up all pissed. No more. And yeah, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> 
just fucking intense as shit, man. But they fucking save them all. So basically, Gallifrey is going to be frozen in a picture. And then when it's unfrozen, uh, they'll be right where they were, but all the Daleks will be gone. Right. 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 So we might get to see like a glorious moment of them all like realizing it's over, being like like a matrixy moment where they're all like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, yeah. But uh, one of the things that I read a lot about that people are upset, angry about was that it pretty much retcons all of the purpose behind eight and nine. I'm sorry, nine and ten having their anger and angst. Because they thought they killed all these people. Now, uh, oh well, no, never mind. Didn't kill anybody, and it, it feels like they. I guess people were saying it. It almost feels like they erased previous seasons of the show, kind of making them pointless. No, they made it perfectly coincide because they wouldn't remember. The, those doctors would have still gone through all that shit because they thought they did it. Ah, but we know. <laughs> yeah, but we know is the fucking point. Those people, how can you possibly have any hate for this? I don't understand. They made it so well done. What are you going to do? Just keep on going the same fucking way? Like, yeah, the series has been back since, what, 2005? Right. Like, come on. It's time to get over shit and let's, you know, have an adventure or two again that doesn't involve a doctor who's fucking hates himself. Like let's get on to a doctor who loves himself for a while. And you know, isn't ashamed of some, I don't know. Let, oh. <laughs> it's just so pointless. So Sorry, pointless, I, you know, you know, I'm just, just spreading what I read. I mean, this basically is what I, I don't agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited about Capaldi and where they're going to go. The search for it's going to make it like who used to be. It's actually kind of retconning it to the point of where the Time Lords will be involved again. And probably not right away. It'll probably take quite a while to find them. And there'll be a lot of adventures in between. And, you know, we still got to deal with a new doctor. And, you know, because Clara is a new kind of companion that we're not used to. I'm I'm a little upset that they don't give uh, Claire the same kind of attention that they did the previous companions. In all honesty, well, I just don't think we've gotten there yet. I just think that she kind of had to know her role because it's the fiftieth, and she's <laughs> going to be there, and she had a, a valued part, but it was kind of small. And it wasn't a big acting thing for her to do, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like she's going to be a, a new kind of companion in the way that she knows this doctor, like. In a way that we haven't seen, she's going to be his ultimate, like, she's his Alfred now, to me. (laughs) It's kind of, you know, she's been there, she's helped every single doctor there's been. She's Mm -hmm. been there through his entire life, through his entire time. And she is so just not in awe of him, but has ultimate faith in him. You know, she doesn't show that she's like all tripped out or thinks he's the best or has to hide anything. She's just like, of course, he's the doctor. Like, he's going to save the day. Like, of course. Watch how cool he is when he does it. Like, that's kind of what Claire is to me now, you know? And she the first companion to have like a day job outside of being a companion. (laughs) Like, I don't remember any other companion having a day job and just, all right, well, time to go on adventure and go back home and do some work. It's very true. I think that's kind of, it's a good point that that kind of reinforces the way I look at Clara, that she's, 
She's so at ease all the time. She's not going to be the terrified companion we're used to. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to be the easy scare that we're used to in ways. And yeah, it would make sense that once in a while she'd be she'd be the type to say, "Yeah, I'll go back to Earth for a year and teach." And also, it's an easy setup because the doctor goes into Ian's office and is like, uh, "You know, Clara wants to hang around for six months. Give her a job." <laughs> to his old companion, you know, she's working for one of his old companions, his first companions, you know. Yeah. So it perfectly makes sense there. So, but she's the type I could see it being chilled with that, you know, not all freaking out whether she's on the TARDIS or not. And obviously, there's been adventures in between uh, the season finale and the fiftieth. Like they've obviously done a few things together, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. it seemed like. Yeah. yeah, that's the impression I got. So I think she's definitely she's going to be more like his sidekick than his companion. I don't think it's going to be all a big emotional relationship like it's been like it's they've focused on the companions for years i think they're going to focus more on the adventures for a while i kind of hope so yeah like how fun were those adventures when tenet was on his own for a bit when he didn't want a companion well he Uh, wanted one they just wouldn't go with (laughs) right and but he and he got really fucked up too like you wouldn't want to bring someone in on that shit like when he went to mars yeah oh yeah I mean that, like you know, yeah, he he needs one, in, but you wouldn't want one around when he was acting <laughs> like that, though. Yeah, so you know, it, it, he, he, I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be a total different ball game, and I like that they're going to just keep going. They've been going somewhere new with it for fifty years. I still can't get over the drastic change between the first and second Doctor, and oh, the fact that that went over with people. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you kind of have to, you just go with the flow. I don't know. That's a <laughs> big change. Before people are even used to regeneration, though, you know what I mean? And they go ahead and just make this. That's that's probably the biggest change there's been between any two of the doctors, I'd think. Probably the biggest, but I mean, there's, I mean, each, up until recently, majority of the doctors in the past were really different from each other. I mean, really kind of... Not opposites, but they just had vastly different personalities, you know, and everyone had a nickname, the dandy, the whatever, you know, they, they had those uh, attached to them. So uh, it's not too surprising that they just had, you know, they had they, they were in a rush. They had to pick somebody. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, again, but Weren't they more well-known back then, too? Like the first three, weren't they more, They were, you know, yes. like standard British actors and, than yeah. they are now? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, yeah. He was like a, yeah, he was a total stage actor, Patrick Trout, and people knew of him for sure. And then John Pertwee, they tried to make like James Bond Doctor Who without a TARDIS, which, oh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> he knew judo. I'm I think that's a that. big... <laughs> I think it's a big reason why the fourth was so popular too, especially right off the bat, because he just, I don't know. He was the best since the first, I guess you could say, you know, mm-hmm. like, and uh, how was that? You guys enjoy seeing Tom Baker at the end? That was when we first watched on Saturday, that was, uh, you know, while my, my wife was, you know, getting real teary eyed over some of the other, you know, more emotional parts of, of the, the show. That was my big emotional scene was, was seeing him, you know, and I, I thought it was just so cool to have him in there. It just, it was just really cool. I mean, it, it's special for me. That was my first doctor. So I, I was, um, I, I was more than surprised and more than happy to see him in there. 
Yeah, it was. I liked how it walked to the edge of. Uh, you know, the, he's like saying ridiculous things. Like, who knows? I might have been you once. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> really but, trying to set up a conspiracy. You know. So have we just gotten to a point in the Hooniverse where it's accepted that the world knows of who? Because uh, they didn't explain how the fuck this simple curator knows about Gallifrey and where he got this painting and picked up this painting and all this kind of stuff. They leave it pretty vague, but wherever you go in Britain that's important, it seems they know the doctor. Technically, the queen appointed the doctor as the curator, so in theory, the curator is the doctor. Wait a minute, what? The queen appoints the doctor as the curator of the undergallery. They're in the undergallery, and he's the curator. So when, who when is this happen? The letter. So the letter that originally. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. The letter she get, he gets from Queen Elizabeth I states, "I appoint you as the the curator of the undergallery." You know whatever. Right, and, right. And pretty much, it pretty much tells him he's the curator, and so and that's the other curator. Uh, he would have been like a temporary curator kind of thing. Well, and then technically, and then in the end, he, you know, the the whole Tom Baker uh, exchange. He's kind of they're kind of hinting at. Well, he's he really. This is really how the doctor retires. This is really yeah. how. I mean, that's kind of what they're hinting at. It's like well, this is what he does after he's done adventuring. He becomes himself again, but older. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I never thought of that. Uh, a de regeneration. Sure. Yeah. Degeneration? Degeneration who? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I, uh, I did enjoy that. seeing him. Uh, another one of my favoritest moments was the round things. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what they do? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> That was that was one of those moments that I think I was uh, I was kind of like tear, teary eyed and then laughing at the same time when that happened. That was a. A, a perfectly perfect mix of nostalgic comedy, like, <laughs> yeah. and shows that two doctors can really work well together. Like they really had good comedic timing, and they played well off each other, making fun of each other's chins and feet and shoes or whatever. It's just, I loved it. It was really great. You're right with the timing. I mean, a lot of who's have made fun of each other, and it's been funny and cute. But right down to like when they're doing the double. Uh, you know, the bub, like the double act, you know, when they sit on the chair and cross their legs at one mm-hmm. point, that whole thing. Yeah. It was excellent. Yeah. Very well done. Very, very well done. It was fucking yeah. super I've cool. Seen, yeah, I've seen the two of them together, you know, to, to kind of touch on the subject that we already talked about. But, I mean, imagine if, if the ninth was in there. I don't think that relationship would have been, I mean, the three of them together, I don't think it would have worked. And it was I, solely based off of, the humor of Smith and Tennant, I don't think would have worked with Eccleston at all. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Though technically Hurt would have had someone to play off of then because they would have had too serious and too comedic. And there could have been technically that kind of play. Because I like how aware uh, Hurt was of kind of, it was so self-aware this episode. Like, oh, you know, uh, Matt, Matt Smith flails his arms a lot as the doctor and right. things yeah, like yeah. that. I thought, wow, that's really... He was much funnier than I thought he'd be, for sure. He was much more doctor-esque, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. 
constant reliance on the uh, on the sonic screwdrivers. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> They're pointing that yeah. stuff out. It's well, like could it do assemble a drawer? At <laughs> but it's like they listen to what other fans have been saying about the show and pretty much feeding it back to them, saying, "Oh yeah, we heard you." Yeah. We know we use the sonic screwdriver a lot. Whatever. You know? It's like, oh, we know that we're silly. Okay, we get People it. People like it. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was... Uh, this is the one time, other than Mr. McGann, that the, the role of the doctor was played once on screen by someone. Like, he's got one movie to do it. And he's got to encompass all that the doctor is. Like, other people have had kind of many episodes to at least get used to doing and learn to do, you know? And I think he was just the doctor as anyone else has ever been. Like he was he, perfect mix of everything. The doctor is, you know? Yeah, yeah. definitely. More McGann would have been good though. I, that one, uh, night of the doctor, I thought was really, even though it was only six minutes long, I really liked it a lot. That was a great, yeah, it was a showing thing to do. It was really, really cool that they did that. I mean, Moffat is just he. I think this puts him on another level, man. This really <laughs> steps things up for him. Like, not that he wasn't well respected <laughs> before, but this is gonna lead to more offers. I think in his world, I bet you. Sure. Yeah, <clears throat> I bet you. Like bigger fucking Hollywood's gonna call coming. <laughs> I, um, Come no, call. No. <laughs> <laughs> you see what the you yeah. see what Americans do with their movies. You know, it's it's not always good. Right. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, in all honesty, it's I, I'm not I'm actually not a fan of Moffat up until recently. Like he's actually done a really good job in these last uh, last season, last few episodes. But I, when he took over, I wasn't a big fan at all, actually. No, no, no. I just it was missing something. It, it just wasn't as grandiose as when Russell T Davies was the uh, was the headliner or the head the showrunner. I mean, there was it it lacked kind of that that bigness which is fine you know it was a different take well but... tenant was like that tenant had a lot of companions uh, a lot of space battles a lot of space adventures mm -hmm. uh, a lot of characters i mean it led right off into sarah jane chronicles and uh torchwood came out of that you know yeah so that was a, a very big wide epic scope that that whole thing happened through and i kind of liked that it all got toned down uh, I, I, for when I was talking to Mr. Jeff Zyra of the Knights blog on the last episode, I learned a few things, and it had never occurred to me that, uh, yeah, Jack Harkness never has encountered the 11th Doctor. No, not once. Yeah, it's never happened. So, you know, I, I never really realized that, you know. And I, I thought that was know. a nice thing that they, <laughs> you know, when they put his time travel thingy in the... Yeah, that was manipulated. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was nice to give him a mention. And uh, did you notice the other things? River shoes were part of the yeah. museum. There. Yeah, saw that. The pinwheel. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, be beautiful little things thrown in there for uh, for the Easter eggness, you know. So yeah, I'm super. I'm actually, you know, now that you mention it, I'm a little surprised Torchwood wasn't mentioned at all. You know, yeah. you think a big thing like that, Torchwood would have at least had some kind of. Mention. There, like, well, yeah, there's just something. so much they had to do. You know what yeah. I mean? They really, it would have been nice to fit in everything if you think about it. But we got to see a Lethbridge Stewart. We got to see yeah. Unit. We didn't get Torchwood, but we got Unit. Yeah. You know, so uh, 
I was hoped for an, at least a mention of Sarah Jane. That would oh, be right. Cool. Yeah. In respect. Yeah. I didn't notice a mention, but uh, I thought that would have been just nice. I mean, or the, uh, fucking the prime minister. Oh, I'm sorry. I was say like the well, you said like have at least a mention of uh, Sarah Jane. I thought it would kind of cool to have a mention of the the prime minister too. Of the uh, what's her name? You mean you mean the <laughs> former prime minister? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one yeah. that uh, <laughs> what the hell what, is her name? Yeah, what is her name? Shit, <sighs> she said yeah. it all the fucking time. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> I can't think of it. Oh, <laughs> isn't it Smith? Harriet, no. Harriet, Harry, Harry Jones, Harriet Harry Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah, Harriet. yeah. It would have been kind of easy to have her like at least mentioned in it too. She played a pretty big role, you know, for what she did. I think she was only in like two or three episodes, and she had quite a big role. It was cool. Of you know what? Uh, back to the ridiculousness of the stupidity of haters. But uh, in the credits, Billy Piper is credited as Rose. Right, and yeah. I actually heard people today being like, "Why Rose? She was Bad Wolf. Why they write Rose?" And I'm just like, "Oh my fucking god! <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Like, really? We're gonna nitpick about the fucking credits now? Like, did you see what just happened before you? Like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, it was nice to see you know to see Billy Piper back in in the role." Of anything, yeah. um, it was just a nice Doctor to have Who related. Her yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I can't. She complain. did well. She was creepy and weird, and you know, I don't know, man. Seeing her mouth on 3D was kind of oh, disturbing, though. Yes. Oh, yes, thank <laughs> that you. Was yes, scary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I right out of my mouth on that one. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a good-looking guy by like any stretch of the imagination. But fuck, dude, her mouth on 3D was just. <laughs> That's like what nightmares are made out of. He's hating my ass. Especially since she made sure to to say certain words and her lips would just extend out of the screen. Let's give her her the most difficult script to make her mouth look just so fucking awkward. Yeah. Those those camera angles didn't help either. I I have to say that was that was pretty bad. But otherwise, it was fine. <laughs> it was Full fine. disclosure, man. Like I'm not a Rose. I, w- I wasn't a big Rose fan. Like yeah. my my favorite companion was Donna. Um, oh. Yeah, and so I was. I mean, I, I knew there wasn't going to be any chance that she was going to come back, and I was able to accept that. But when when the the posters first started coming out, and I saw Billy Piper on them, I was I was a little bit disappointed because she just. Uh, she just graded on me so much, and uh, I understand how you know she played a big role. But I was uh, just I don't know. It seemed like more of a like a cheap shout out to some I, I don't know. Well, who you would who would who would you have preferred to see instead of Rose? Oh man, Wilfred. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wilf, man, that would have been awesome, man. I. I I liked how they did it. I liked how they put her into the role, though. Yeah. Who was I really Wilfred? Did. Donna's grandfather. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Have him be in there. I thought that would have been really cool. But having, <laughs> I mean, having Billy Piper in there at the, as the role that she played, I thought it was cool, you know? Right. Um, I, I'm just, I, would just, I was, wasn't a big fan of hers at all. 
Yeah, it's weird to see Rose and Tennant in the episode together and have no interaction, you know? Except and, and that's that, what made it good for me. Yeah. No interaction between them whatsoever was what sold me on her being in it. Yeah, and he's uh except for that moment when he says bad I love that moment when he says bad wolf and he's like yeah. just say bad wolf. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty splendid, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so uh, I don't know. Anything else stick out that you guys fucking yeah, enjoyed? One question, or... one question for the both of you. Okay. In Name of the Doctor, when uh, Clara goes into the Doctor's time stream and he goes and basically rescues her, and they first, they're, you know, they're first approached by the warrior, yeah. and it ended on such a dark, dark note. <laughs> Were you expecting it to be? equally as dark in the, uh, the day of the doctor. I mean, I was kind of thrown when it was, I mean, it started in that school and it almost seemed forgotten for so long. I thought it was just going to pick right back up. Yeah. I felt like it needed to, but I've heard that that's where the Christmas special will pick up from that kind okay. of dark place. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I wasn't too surprised because I so didn't know where they was going to go. But I did – because I did expect to see war, which I, which I did see. Right. Right. But I, well, I I had thought about that. I actually had. I was like, so does – did they just jump back out of the time stream and everything's okay, I guess, sort of thing? Yeah. You know, so I guess that's what happened. But I don't mind how the, it worked out at all. I like that, you know, they've had some time together, I guess. Oh, Yeah. It did throw me off, though. I was thinking, why does she have a job? And where, like, what happened? <laughs> you just kind yes. of ignore the fact that something huge just happened technically an episode before. Yeah, that's, just that's what I was. Yeah. I mean, like, like, just, it goes right into playing that cute Clara music. I'm like, yes. what the fuck is going on? I'm like, I like the music. I think it's really cool. But I'm like, did I miss something? Or I, I had no idea at first. I was. Not disappointed at all in the episode. I wasn't disappointed the direction it went. I was just really fucking confused in the first couple minutes. At least the mention, yeah, it would have been good. It's going to have to take place after the day of the Doctor, though. Right. Because Smith dies, right? Right. Well, yeah. And he's the Doctor who remembered everything that actually occurred during the day of the Doctor, right? He's the only one to come out of it with the memory enough to know that Gallifrey is okay. Yeah. Right? So... It's going to have to take place afterwards, and I know it's going to be messed up. I mean, there's four villains involved, eh? Yeah, supposedly. Oh, you mean for the time of the Doctor? Yeah, so, you know, that's a lot to stick in there to to work something out and see what happens, but uh, it's going to be super excited to do so. I'm wondering, you know, I think it's going to be at the end of the app that he regenerates. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't think we're going to get to see much, but I think Capaldi's going to look good in that getup. Okay. <laughs> it's not. Have you ever? Can you remember ever a doctor before that changed his look so much after a couple seasons? Like ten. That's like that's a serious change from the tweed to the black, long black tweed from the you know the beige tweed. Mm, you go from the waistcoat what? and everything. It's quite a change. After the third doctor, it got all strange. <laughs> no, but I mean one doctor. I mean one doctor. <laughs> changing his own outfit so oh, much 
Right. Like everybody's always stayed the same through their whole run, but Matt Smith has actually evolved in costume and we've never really seen that before, you know? Yeah. That's just that's fan service. That's the that's that was just the way to get you into the fiftieth, because then he dressed more and more like the older doctors. I think that was just yeah, I don't. <laughs> just another nod. Yeah, just another nod. I think it was more just a nod than anything else. They're not yeah. going to do that again. Yeah, I do enjoy gonna... it. I like that outfit better. Yeah, you know? there'll be slight changes, but you're not going to see that kind of drama, dramatic change anymore. I think that's it. So, do you think that's pretty much what Capaldi's going to look like? Do you think he'll <laughs> no. be the first one to like like the one that the doctor before him wore? I was like, yeah, I'll just keep this look. <laughs> no, Capaldi will be in. I hope it's a ridiculous getup. I really hope there's, you know, maybe not celery or something attached to his coat, <laughs> but I want something really out there. Really? Like, of, a, like yeah. a Victorian neck, like this huge thing yes. that they wore around their neck, just something yes. insane like that. It's, it's just, just a wears, callback. He just wears scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, as long as there it's not go. a leather jacket, as long as he doesn't look like a fucking soccer hooligan again, oh, I think yeah, I'll be go. all right. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. Like, that was the laziest doctor costume ever. I, he didn't even go to wardrobe. He just picked something to wear at home that one day. Showed up, was like, I'm not changing. It's funny how Colin Baker likes to talk about that was his original choice. He wanted to wear, like, a brown leather jacket, and then they put him in all the colors and shit. (laughs) It's like, sure, Colin Baker. Right. Sure you did. Go twirl about your colorful umbrella. Have you seen the little special thing that uh, Colin Baker did? It says uh, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Peter Davison... Um, it was released just a couple days ago um, over BBC. One, it's called um, uh, like the Doctor. Rev- what the hell is? It? I have to look it up. It's like the Doctor Revisited or or something like is that. It the and Five it's, Doctors Revisited or something. Yeah, booted or some. What is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. There, it, it's it's uh, McCann's and it, it's some of the older doctors, and they're all they're all like they're they're trying to get a role in the fiftieth anniversary. It was written and directed by Davison, and it's fucking hilarious. And, I mean, they're, like, constantly calling up Moffat, like, leaving voicemails and, you know, sending – just them, like, begging and pleading to try to get, <laughs> you know, a role in it. Uh, John Berriman's in it. Oh, That's I good sports yeah. of them for sure. It's, oh, man, with – like, you know, with they're all trying to get to, to Cardiff. To, to go to the film, they're going to try to, uh, you know, sneak into the filming. They run into Barrowman. They're trying to get a ride from Barrowman <laughs> uh, into Wales. And, you know, I think I think it's uh, Baker. He, he looks, you know, he looks in the car and, you know, like Barrowman looks, you know, he looks like ashamed of himself. And they're all walking <laughs> away. And he's like, hey, you know, don't tell anybody. And the camera pans into the car. And it's not a guy. It's like a wife and like this beautiful blonde wife and these two nagging children. He's like, please don't say anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> and it, he's, he's trying to get a role. And it's, it's, it is really, really, really funny. David Tennant has a small, uh, small part in it. Oh, that's priceless. I, I want to see this. Yes, yeah, definitely. I gotta watch that. That's absolutely fantastic. It, it's, it's a good too. It's like it's a good thirty minutes of, of the three, you know, these three main doctors, Baker, McCoy, and Davison, just running around, and and yeah. it, it's they play off of each other so well. I mean, 
like we were talking about before, you know, making fun of Smith because of his chin, and Smith making fun of Tennant because he spits a lot when he talks and everything. It was the same way with those three doctors. They were just like nagging on these, these small little eccentricities that they all have and just completely blown them out of proportion. That's great. That's great. I love it. I love it. Um, one last thing. Uh, River Song. Mm. I thought somehow some something. I thought in the you know I thought that was it name of the doctor that was she was done right um I guess she was wasn't she well how's she it says... work again her 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 last mo her last time with the doctor is the library yes right and she's not actually gone but she's saved right, right? so what was her first moment uh, the, uh, uh let's kill Hitler. Oh, oh yeah, right. that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's, so, that's number one. Yeah. Uh, okay, so <laughs> what was her last appearance on the show? Name of the doctor. Oh, you yeah. mean uh, as, not oh. as a not as a fake like? Oh, you mean alive? Yeah. Um, the one where she shoots him. Um. <sighs> Oh, like Silencio? Yes, one? yes, yeah. yes. Oh, the the 11th hour, right? Now, where does she end hour? up at the end of that? Yes, that is the 11th hour. Where does she end up at the end of that episode? Is that when she's taken to prison? <sighs> oh, no, 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 you're wrong. Uh, Angels Take Manhattan. That's the last one. Angels Take Manhattan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, now where does she end up at the end, end of that? Uh... The library. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, because at the end of that one, she's flying the TARDIS, uh-huh. and he's apologizing because it was her parents, and then it's just – that's when he says uh, – she's like, you shouldn't be alone. Well, and wait, no, I think no, she just – she just – she just goes off, right, after that? Does, does she Okay, she my away? point – okay, you know how she shows up as the computer system at his grave on Trenzalore or whatever? Yeah. Where how does we never see her die right? Because she's saved as far as we know. We so, technically see her die in the library episode because she gets a you know um she, you know she saves the doctor and gets boot, uh, uploaded into the uh, library. Right. So she's uploaded into the library. How does she end up on Trenzalore in that machine or whatever? Is that is that just because the doctor's own memories and timelines chose her to represent the computer or whatever? Do you know what? Do you hear what I'm going with? Well, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, the the theory behind that was she was always there. You know, he he mentions it too in that episode. He's like, I always knew you were there. I just never acknowledged you. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Says it hurt too much to acknowledge you, and you know, and he wanted. He said, uh, "I didn't know how to let you go," and then he does at that last point when Clara does the thing, and so <laughs> right. So that's there. it. So no more. There'll be no more River Song then. I, I think she still has. I mean, she's. You know, their 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 time streams are so different from one another. I, I still think she has an opportunity to come back with Capaldi. She very well could. Technically, she could. I hope not. Really? I think she. What else is there? <laughs> well, plus she can't regenerate, right? So right. not anymore. You know, yeah. you know what? I'd rather see Jenny return. I'd rather oh, see God, yeah. Jenny Capaldi. <laughs> Jenny Capaldi like dynamic could be interesting there. You just. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> no? No, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I just think it's funny that you want, to, you want her back. Well, it's just I can't get over that she's been ignored for so long. Yeah, well, yeah. But a lot of characters get ignored for, for a long time. <laughs> but she only ever had one episode. I never understood that, how the doctor could have a daughter flying around and they never came back to that. Like, Because technically, couldn't he see his granddaughter again as well? Like, there's there's characters that they could revisit that they just never come back to. Yeah. yeah. That they should. I think they should, but they just don't. It's true. Like, did you see the Doctor Who Explained special? Um, it was yeah. recent. It was a. It was like an overview hour, just special. And uh, they had Sarah Jane, the actress, not Sarah Jane, uh, Susan, the actress. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And wow, she's still. She looked crazy. like a bird. Yeah, yeah, she totally looked like a bird. <laughs> Dude, she was gorgeous, but like, holy shit, that woman. She <laughs> was fucking happy. <laughs> she was. She was a little aged, but she was happy, and uh, you know she could have totally. She's not so old. She couldn't have been on the show at some point, maybe you know. And he sees Susan again, but yeah, you know, Susan was never really addressed what happened there. Like, did she ever have the power to regenerate? Imagine a different Susan shows up one day, <laughs> and it's a regenerated cool. Susan. That'd be fucking sweet. Yeah, technically she is um, half human, so I don't know. Is she why? I don't remember. It's explained. I read it somewhere where she's explained to be half human, half time lord. That's got to be cop out. That doesn't make sense. She should be full time lord. He stole her from Gallifrey. She stole. Her. <laughs> is, is that the case? <laughs> I thought she stole. I thought she was on Earth when it happened. Susan. His granddaughter? Yeah. No, yeah. man. The very first moment when he steals a TARDIS off Gallifrey, he takes Susan with him, and they both split. He doesn't oh. take off alone. Him and Susan take off. And then they in the one recreation scene with Clara, she stops them from getting onto the TARDIS they were going to take and says, no, take this one. You'll have much more fun. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can see Hartnell leading Susan in. But yeah, she, she should be full Time Lord as far as, far as I know, you know? So, as far as I knew, Ramona was the only one, or Ramana was the only real Time Lord that followed her. You know what? She might be the one that's half human or something. Isn't there something weird about her? Isn't she more like a Time Witch? <laughs> I don't Like, remember. I know she's a Time Lord, but I remember her doing shit that was kind of fucking weird or something. But who knows? There'll be lots and lots of Time Lords <laughs> to deal with very soon. Uh, yes. You know, soon enough. So we get one more episode. We get our Christmas episode, and then it's nine months, fellas. Is it really? It's a long <laughs> nine months, I believe. Fuck, I thought it was May. Is yeah, it I May? Thought so. I thought it'd be pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, how long's May? After December. Four, five months. Oh, yeah. that's not too bad. That's a lot better. Maybe not my nine months. Maybe it's just gone quicker than last I heard. Or maybe it's just been uh, too many doobies for the evening, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, um, thank you so much, fellas, for joining me on our adventure through space and time through over the last few episodes. Uh, it's been a fucking blast. Uh, I'd also like to thank Jeff Zyra of the Knights blog. Check out the Knights blog on uh, Twitter at the Knights underscore 87. Uh, check them out. It's a wonderful Doctor Who site with lots of fun Hooniversy stuff. Uh, you can find Mr. Adam Hawks on Twitter at bankrobber303. 
You can find Francis Fernandez. You can find him on Twitter at Sorta Geek. You can also find his fine podcasts on the Points of Interest Podcast.com. Guys, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you again. Uh, We'll be back next week on An Elegant Weapon, where we'll be getting high and talking about some fucking comic books and some goddamn lightsabers again. Because there's (laughs) been some fucking news, kids. Uh, There's been news coming up. Things have happened. There's been some auditioning going on. There's been some... uh, some tweeted photos going on. So we got a few fucking things to talk about when, uh, we leave this timey wimey adventure and get back to a galaxy far, far away. So that's it for part four of our doctor who celebrations, episode 85 of an elegant weapon. We'll see you next week. Kids. Take it easy. Uh, awesome. Thanks guys. Oh yeah. I think yeah, we man. got in pretty much everything we possibly fucking could have there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was surprised nobody mentioned the the aliens in this episode. Oh, the Zylons, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, going back to <laughs> waiting a long time to bring back a character. I think they said it was like 38 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a long. That's that's a long time, but it was, it was cool to see the fucking. That's those were the shapeshifters, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely yeah. not not yeah. with That's pretty yeah. good. And I'm also I don't know if you heard the petition to get the the one girl with the uh, doc, fourth doctor's uh, the one wearing the scarf with the inhaler oh, yeah. to make yeah. her a companion. <laughs> oh really? Oh, they love people loved her. Yeah. I thought she was great. I thought she was, great, man. I thought she was really cool. Yeah, no, she was uh, good, and that was very cute there when the puffer was the distinguishing thing between the two of them, and then they actually have to settle peace and all that shit. Yeah. See, so much not yet, so much untouched, but oh well. (laughs) Well, there'll be much more to talk about, and I'm even. I'm really not sure what's going to happen now. I want you to run away. I am definitely a madman with a box. Mother of the meatloaf!